Good morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another uh, thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday for Torch Report 532, the power of the human spirit versus the threat of collective thinking. Friends, they seek to tame the masses. Make no mistake about that. But their strategies have hit a snag, and that's what I'm going to be speaking to today. Uh, It's going to be a little bit more of a philosophical romp today. As I was looking out in the news, the political circus, all the headlines, just a bunch of crap. You know, a bunch of head fakes this, head fakes that. Ooh, look over here. Oh, what's over there in circus number three? You know, anyway. But there was an interesting article out this morning, and it kind of made me do a double take. The title of the article was The Most Dangerous Conservative. I thought, huh, the most dangerous conservative. That's an interesting uh, distinction, a distinguishing uh, label, I guess. Now, in a nutshell... The article, The Most Dangerous Conservative, it points a finger at this guy named Charles Murray. He was the author of the book, The Bell Curve. And they they claim that Charles Murray is an existential threat to all things DEI, all things diversity, equity, and inclusion, because, as the science has repeatedly shown, there is a glaring disparity in intelligences when measured between different ethnic groups, okay? I'll share this little excerpt here. It kind of pretty much sums it up. It says, quote, an article in Science Direct, that's the Journal of Science Direct, it puts it this way. East Asians and their descendants average an IQ of about 106. Europeans and their descendants about 100. And Africans and their descendants about 85. Period. End quote. Now, the article, The Most Dangerous Conservative, gets into uh, the, the details on that quite a bit more. But the author of the article notes This is a topic that most people don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about different ethnicities having different levels of average intelligence because you might be a racist if you say that. And, of course, Charles Murray has been labeled a racist. He's been shouted down and all of that. But still, I mean, he's pointing to the science from the scientific journals. Look, this is what the data says. So I think that it is imperative for us to take a look at this and and keep this information in mind. Take it into account as we attempt to surmise the CD schemes of the global cabal. And I'll tell you why that is. It's because the ruling class has been very aware of these disparities and they've been tracking these disparities for a very long time. Time the 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 logs of the eugenicists trying to to trace down all these different things, even co- correlations between head shape and intelligence and blah 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 blah. They've been studying this stuff, right? And it's precisely this sort of scientific understanding of human diversity and the implications of different levels of intelligence that has been feeding the eugenics movement since the very beginning. This is why the greatest proponents of eugenics, such as Bertrand Russell we were talking about yesterday, they most often hailed from the halls of elite academic institutions. You know, when people think of eugenics, they think of the Nazis, the racists. No, we're talking about academics, you know, uh, who, who... maybe truly were uh, more endowed than average with you know a, a skosh of intelligence, but they, they saw this disparity that different people are different 
uh, have different levels of intelligence. Different ethnicities have different levels of intelligence on average. It doesn't take rocket science to realize that some people are smarter than others. That's just kind of a no-brainer, right? Beyond that, it also makes sense that different ethnic groups would have different levels of average intelligences, right? Based on environmental factors alone. If you think about the impact of nutrition and lifestyle and regional climates, all of that can be clearly connected to brain development and subsequently connected to the average intelligence, right? The, you think about the nature versus nurture, it's both, we all know that, but, you know, definitely, you know, people growing up in different regions of the globe under different circumstances are going to have different levels of brain development that relates to different d- d- uh, levels of intelligence, uh, the development of intelligence. But, 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 this is a big, great big but. I like big buts. Now, understanding this, these differences in intelligence coming from environmental factors, that does not translate into white people are smarter than black people. It does not translate into white people are smarter than black people. Now, data sets that have been collected and collated over decades clearly demonstrate that there is a stubborn, persistent, and rather uncomfortable correlation, but that doesn't reduce down to this kind of ignorant and obtuse worldview that white people are bladder, black, smarter than black people. The truth is, you know, yeah, sure, there are some white people who are smarter than some black people. Equally as true, there are some black people who are smarter than some white people. And if the science is to be accepted, there are some Asians out there who must be smarter than us all. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'm kind of a mutt, so I don't know where I fit into the spectrum here. But the point is, you know, you may be wondering, Luke, what the hell are you talking about? Why are you setting the stage with this contentious topic, you know? What does this have to do with the important things happening? in the world. What does this have to do with all the geopolitical chaos, the American political circus, them stealing the election from Trump? What what does it have to do with anything that really matters? <laughs> Friends, I'm glad you asked. The answer just might surprise you, but we're going to need to take a step back and zoom out a little bit here. So let's go ahead and zoop, we'll go way out because, I mean, obviously chaos abounds. Does it not? You know, everywhere we look, all around the world, It seems like modern society is coming apart at the seams. And it's true, much of this perspective is being intentionally shaped by modern propaganda. And that signifies an intentional amplification of the problems that beset us. If you think about it, you know what I mean? Like things aren't as bad as they make things uh, out to be. But there is truth in the statement that chaos abounds and everywhere we look, all around the world, things seem to be coming apart at the seams. The chaos and the craziness is accelerating, partly by design, but it's also accelerating, I think, as an unintended and even unforeseen consequence of all the modern complexities that are related to modern technologies. You know, the system of global civilization has become exponentially more complex in the age of the internet since the dawn of global connectivity and all that, for better or for worse. It's just happened. But, as it's said, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. So, for all of the changes in lifestyle and habit, the core of human nature has changed very little, if, if at all. You know, the, th- this is a fact, I think, that's both sev- self-evident and hugely important to keep in mind here. Because human nature drives human behavior. 
does it not? We're driven by instinct and physiological impulse. We are nothing if not predictable creatures. And yet, yet even within the predictability of human nature, we must also acknowledge the infinite unpredictable proclivities that endlessly crop up. Where do all of these unpredictable outcroppings of human inspiration come from? How is it that we're all just a little bit different? We have different ideas. We have different desires and inspirations. Now, I want to set aside the argument that human inspiration comes from God because that just shuts down the conversation for a lot of people, right? And I think that we can acknowledge that inspiration spontaneously arises from somewhere within us. That, you know, I I submit that inspiration comes from the human spirit. Not the body, not the mind, but the human spirit, the spirit within. It is the human spirit, the spirit within each of us, that is able to observe and direct both the body and the mind. This is an undeniable and inseparable aspect of our humanity. So I mean, it's a really important thing. We're not our bodies, we're not our minds, we're, we're something different, that spirit within. And this is why... Uh, Yesterday, learning that the globalists are using science to nourish our spirit struck me in such a profoundly disturbing way. I've thoroughly documented how the globalists are using weaponized AI to drive behavioral change, uh, as well as their intentional transformation of human consciousness by embedding social consciousness deeply into the subconscious mind. I've portrayed all of this before as a spiritual assassination. And I just, I've been kind of chewing on it, you know? So yesterday's research, when, when it was revealed that the progressive strategy is using state education to destroy free will, simultaneously the globalists are using science to nurture the spirit, uh, there was a deeper realization that just kind of stirred up within me. There's something there, you know? And this realization has kind of been slow to emerge. I'm like, come on, you know, bang my head, bang my head. Come on, come on. It's there. I know. I know my mind has struggled to grasp the subtlety of this insight. And even now the words are kind of there for a moment and then they're gone. So forgive me if I I ramble a little bit today. But is it not true that education has a direct impact on brain development? Well, of course it does. That's true. Education impacts brain development. Yes, that's true. Is it not also true that brain development has a direct impact on intelligence? Well, yeah, that's true. Brain development has a direct impact on intelligence. And therefore, we can conclude, we can deduce that detrimental education reduces human intelligence. I mean, that's just pretty straightforward, right? And so they want to use state education to reduce free will. Detrimental education reduces human intelligence. But the question is, does it reduce the human spirit? They're trying to reduce free will, but does it reduce the human spirit? Friends, I believe the answer is no. Now, without any real qualification here... It is my opinion as a mere ignorant peasant that human intelligence, as greatly varied as it is, human intelligence is a fusion between one's unique individual spirit and the, the biological equipment that we've been endowed with, our brains, right? So it's, I, I, I believe it's, it's not just 
this, uh, you know, we're born with our brain and that's the way it is. That, you know, intelligence is, is something more than that. I believe that the, the environmental factors that impact our brain development and therefore impact our intelligence, I do, I do not believe that these environmental inf- uh, factors impact the human spirit. It doesn't impact the spirit within. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. There's a story. Uh, there's a guy, his name's Jim Quick. The story of Jim Quick comes to mind. Now, Jim Quick, in his early childhood, he had a terrible accident, and it left him with severe brain damage. And the teachers in school, grade school, they referred to him as the boy with the broken brain. And consequently, you know, he was kind of deemed unintelligent, and he nearly flunked out of school and all this. But the spirit within him refused to accept this fate. So fast forward a couple of decades, a few decades actually, and Jim became a world-renowned speaker. He is currently a world-renowned speaker on speed reading and accelerated learning techniques. And I believe Jim's story, the story of Jim Quick, is a testament to the triumph of the human spirit against all odds and external factors. He's got brain damage. Everybody tells him he's dumb, he can't learn, and all this kind of stuff. And he overcame that. And I think that serves as an inspiration to us all. It demonstrates how a determined spirit, not only can a determined human spirit overcome all the odds and all external factors, but a a determined human spirit can develop its own intelligence. The story of Jim Quick demonstrates that a determined human spirit can develop its own intelligence. Think about that. Now, let's circle back to the opening, uh, you know, the, the article about the dangerous fact that different ethnicities have different levels of average intelligence, right? Uh, I think all we, you know, keeping the balanced perspective, there's no one size, one size fits all application of the fact that different ethnicities have different levels of average intelligence. But I think that the story of Jim Quick points us in the direction of a very powerful realization here. It's belief in one's self. It's the I am and I can and I will. It's that internal dialogue that provides the raw material necessary for profound personal transformation up to and including the development of advanced mental cap- capacities, the, the advanced capacities of one's own intelligence, even after severe brain damage. But it's that belief that I can and I will and I am. You know, I am going to teach myself. I am going to grow. I am going to do this. I can and I will. You know, that is the indomitable human spirit. Now, when I state that the, uh, the global cabal is attempting to enslave us all, to enslave the whole of humanity in their own minds, what's actually happening there is that people are being conditioned to believe in multiple layers of carefully constructed lies, shall we say. These lies create a host of illusions that are reinforced by repetitive circular thinking. And all of this circular thinking, as a result, in simplest terms, people become lost in their own minds. And their identities, the I am, and I can, and I will, all kind of gets jumbled up in, in the mix. Not realizing that the spirit is the master of the mind, just as the mind is the master of the body, those locked in the circular thinking, lost in the illusions of the mind, these poor souls kind of get stuck in a purgatory of hellish beliefs with no way out because they believe that the state, well, the state is a benevolent protector and a provider. The state's meant to keep them safe. They believe that authority 
must be respected and obeyed. They believe that self-sacrifice is necessary for the greater good. And within each set of these beliefs, the individual human spirit is being subjugated and displaced by a seductive collective identity. Uh, to put that differently, you know, the spirit has become a slave to thought. They've been conditioned to believe things that are not true, so they believe, they think, and the spirit then gets displaced by this collective identity. It's no longer this magical, mystical, mysterious me. It's the we. It's the collective identity. And since thoughts are the basis of beliefs and beliefs are the basis of behavior, this allows the state to take complete control over the individual by trapping the spirit within the mind. They don't identify as a unique, uniquely spiritual individual. They identify as the collective in the mental world. Does that make sense? Now, on the one hand, you're thinking, <laughs> Luke, what the hell are you talking about, buddy? Now, just look around because the symptoms of this are everywhere. On the one hand, the symptoms of this are expressed in the dumbing down of society. We see it all over the place. Now, on the other hand, the symptoms of this are seen in the steep decline of spiritual expression. Neither of these are by accident, both very intentional. And underneath it all, the human spirit is suffocating under the weight of nefariously embedded thoughts, and the mind knows not what to do. Having not been taught that they are incredible cosmic creatures, people don't know what to do, right? They're trapped in their own deluded, delusional thinking. Mental health disorders, depression, and suicide fall follow closely behind. Again, just look around. Friends, this is how the globalists seek to destroy free will and snuff out the will to resist. But here's the good news. <laughs> There's always good news. You know, the good news is the human spirit is irrepressible. You are a force of nature and so am I. And incredible cosmic creatures. We can manipulate the material world just through the power of our, our mind, right? Any person of any color, any creed, or any intellectual aptitude, aptitude can, I mean, really just kind of spontaneously erupt at any point in time with the inspiration and the motivation to change the course of history. The spirit of resistance can be rekindled in an instant. The will to rise up and smite those who are so blatantly attacking and diminishing our humanity is, in fact, inevitable. We are not all the same. We should not want to be all the same. All of this talk of sameness, this is very unnatural behavior, friends. Instead of wanting or thinking that we're all the same, we must embrace, embrace the mystery of our own infinitely unique individuality. We must acknowledge and accept our inherent limitations of human, as human beings. We have limited finite uh, cognitive capacity and a limited capacity of comprehension and all of that, but... We need to tap into the endless reservoir of our spiritual strength, our spiritual wisdom, and our spiritual awareness, because this is how humanity wins. This is what the eugenicists and the global cabal fail to realize. Human beings are spiritual creatures, and we are not meant to be tamed. They may tame a few of us, friends, but they will never tame us all. The spirit of freedom will forever remain alive, throbbing in the hearts of liberty-loving revolutionaries 
travels all around the world, and you can hear their battle cry, we will live free or die, and that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com, find that heart, click that heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already, and of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Be thankful, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.